0: You guys, this is the absolute best. I tell you, I feel like I cut my teeth here. And I'm so glad you are here this morning answering these questions um, and asking these questions and, and starting the conversation. And truly, if you know me long enough, you know this is a conversation. And it's a conversation we can continue. It's one that you will need to revise every two or three years. I really encourage you to go back over this material annually. With your husband with your community group at least every two years because the game changes as your children grow you start getting different angles different questions maybe different people groups that you're walking with different areas of even the city or your community you're doing life with and the angle that you're looking at these questions changes so i wanted to start kind of high level i mean it's just been so fun to watch these girls before they were married married, young with children, and watch you guys grow in the nurture and admonition of the scripture. So let me just pray. Lord, we come before you just as humble servants who you've entrusted with the greatest gift in the world, being a marriage and a child, or two or three, to raise, to know you and love you and serve you. And we pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable to you, Lord, today, our rock and our redeemer. Thank you that you've given us a game plan, that we can follow your game plan, and that it's not brain surgery, because none of us would be able. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the Bible I've carried around for a long time says God's game plan. God has a game plan for everything. Everything that we need are in his very great and precious promises. He's given us all we need for life and godliness. And the good news is, is these girls have probably already told you, he created this game. He created sex. He created intimacy and he gave it a plan and a purpose from the very beginning. So we're going to start large picture and we're going to go little. So we're going to start out And we're a lot of D's. I'm a big alliterator. You'll probably be sick of it by the end. But the whole deal today is the ABCs actually start with D. And there's a lot of D's. So we are here by God's design. In Genesis 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And does anybody know what comes next? Male and female, he created them. Don't lose that. If you memorize one verse with your kids, John, our Genesis 127, in the image of God has God made man. Male and female, he created them. It's more important than ever that they know that. God blessed them. And here's where we see God gave the first great commission. It wasn't go and make disciples. It was actually be fruitful and increase in number. And they did that through sex. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And so, what you'll learn I don't know how many of you have done Five Aspects. It's an incredible study on how to be a godly woman from ages 18 to 88, widowed, married, single, divorced. You can do it with all your people. But God gives us and makes us mistress of our domain. We are giving a dominion over the earth. We are to fill the earth, to multiply, to fill it subdue it and rule over it. And this is your domain. Your home is your domain right now. And so we want you to know that 90% of your issues in life, in your marriage, and with your kids come within the realm of intimacy and their bodies and how they feel about themselves, mind, body, spirit, and soul. And then money and the time and talent and treasure that the lord the commodities that the lord had given them the talent that he's given them to spend if you are clear in those two domains of your life as a wife and a mom you're you've got 90% of your issues down and so we want to start there and go you've been given the authority by god to rule and fill and subdue and help them use this and know themselves in a way where they can be effective and productive people. Um, if we're taught to, to think rightly about these guys, then we're, are these issues, then we're actually on track. Now, in order to do that, we have to do our due diligence because the world would have us do other. And in Deuteronomy 6, this is why you're here, so I will not camp long here. Um, you are called to Impress these on your children's heart, to talk about them when you sit at home, to hide it in their hearts. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God, only one way, only one game plan. Love the Lord your God. Love Him, love others with all your heart and mind and soul and body. Put this on your heart. So you guys are at the formative stage of life where everything is oral. They can't read and write. But you are impressing on them through the drip, 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 over and over time with them, the truth of God's word, that you have been given authority over them. God's word is impressed upon them well before they hit school and well before they hit a lot of the people who really want to pollute and pervert their notions of who God is and how he's created them. So this is a drip, drip, drip. This is a a breakfast, a bath time, morning, noon and night, bedtime conversation that goes on and you are equipped to have it. You want to tie these truths and bind them, write them on the doorframes of your house and gates. Love God, love others. You are created with a context. Everything he gives you, he says there's a time and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a season and a place. He's got a plan and a purpose for it. Now, if we divorce our duty and we outsource, and in Dallas, which is another big D word, we are given the opportunity to outsource almost everything, education, house cleaning, You know, even our own body maintenance, you hire trainers, we hire coaches, we hire um, all these people in our life to do the things that God designed a wife and a mom to do. And I give you, we need help along the way. But God has equipped you fully with everything you need to be the wife and mom you want to be. So let's not outsource this duty, okay? If we divorce our duty, what we see happens in Romans 1 is... We fall into impurity. It says God gave them over to the sinful desires of their heart, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies. And this is where the crux comes. They exchange the truth for a lie. When you leave a void or you outsource all the education your child will have about sex and money, you leave a void for the world to come in and create definitions, which is another big key word in this presentation they will start to define your child and the world and their values for them. Okay, what happens? We start worshiping and serving created things rather than the Creator who is to ever be praised. Because of this, what happens first? He goes straight here. God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in them the due penalty for their error. So as soon as we exchange the truth of God's word and how he made us and how he created us for a lie, as soon as we step away from Genesis 127, the degrading happens. And we just dissolve. Because left to ourselves, we, the heart is wicked and sinful above all and without cure. And we convince ourselves of our own notions of right and wrong. So that's why it's super important that you do exactly what you're doing. Pat yourself on the back and the girl beside you. You do your due diligence. You come and you learn and you be trained to train your kids in these really simple basic truths. So. The antithesis of that is doing, is deciding to devote yourself to making disciples. Titus 2 says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind. There's a lot more to say about being on the offensive than being on the defensive if all you do is sit at home and try to protect your child but you're not preparing your child and training your child to be out in the world you're really not going to get very far because eventually like sleeping beauty and the needle they're going to encounter the needle and they're going to be fascinated and they're going to prick their finger but if what you have embedded and trained is written on their hearts it's embedded in them you have been diligent to teach they will have the basic foundation of the truth. And the crux of this, which goes on later in um, in Titus to say, is like, look, the gospel, the grace of God has appeared and offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions to be here today, to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age, and to wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what you're doing as a mom is you're teaching your children to say no to what's going to pollute and pervert them, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. And there's a lot of fun and joy in in the parameters and the context that he's given us, and then to wait well for the seasons of life where sex, we're spending money, where all these things will come into play within the context God designed. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. So he wants to purify us and cleanse us from the things that are gonna um, take us off track. So here's your little question. I want you to take maybe a minute or two and look at each other. My question is another D word, what's for dinner? How many of you were raised in a home where your mom cooked or somebody cooked for you? How many of you were raised in a home where you pretty much outsourced everything, it was bought, it was brought in? Hardly anybody, that's awesome, well just a few. Let me tell you, if you lived with a mom who knew how to cook, she was comfortable in the kitchen. And that's where you got your recipes and you watched her make it, you ate it, you may not have liked it, now you wish you had more of it. But <laughs> She cooked for you and you watched her. And then when you got up and got out, I'm just starting to get calls. I've got one that's teaching third grade in New York City this year. And she calls as she's walking to the grocery store. Mom, how do you make that taco soup? What do I buy to put in that? Mom, how do you make white chicken chili? Because she's all into soups right now. And she wants to know, but she didn't really appreciate it when she was home, loved it once she was gone. And now she knows I cook. So she's asking for my recipes. You have to be a mama who cooks. Okay? These conversations are little recipes that you're making that you are doing your best over time to drip, 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 drip. And even when they say, ooh, yuck, I may not want to talk about that. Why'd you bring that up? When they're little, they don't. One thing that I want you to know it is sensualized for you as an adult once you've gone through puberty, sex becomes a very erotic conversation. For a little person, it's just anatomy. It's like ABCs and one, two, threes. It's this is your nose, this is your ear. You're becoming a dictionary diva, which is what we will talk about, is you want to know that because God has given you dominion over all realms of life, they know that their private parts are also in your dominion to help them define and to help them give them a context for using those. And so we want to know If you guys go around for what is your favorite thing that your mom made, and you can just use a one phrase or just one word description, because if you get two more, we're all gonna wanna eat lunch. Um, What is the thing that your mom cooked that you miss the most? Go, all around your table. And I'm gonna tell you, this is something John, my husband, who I adore, um, he's a great reader. And readers are leaders, and he's known that for a long time. So back in the early 90s, he had us read a book. I was working for the guy who led him to Christ called The Making of a Leader. And in it was a phrase that has marked, I think, my whole frame of reference for what do we say is an absolute, ultimate, non-negotiable, what is negotiable. Um, Methods are many principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. The fact that you need to teach your child about money and sex, which money is Dottie Jones and faith and finances, and you can do that on another nest day. But sex is something you've got to have a handle on. And the principles of it are ones we're going to talk about today that you've got to get down with your husbands. The way you go about it, the timing of when We would say, John and I would say, start early, be the first in the game. Other people wait until they're 10, 11, 12 puberty type ages to start having these conversations. I think the world is forcing this conversation on our children earlier and earlier. So it's important that these things be ingrained earlier. How many of your families, here's a harder question, talked about sex in the house? Mine did not. Raise your hand if your parents, you feel like, really did a good job discussing sex in your home. Now, guys, that is the crux of the Christian dilemma. What you just saw right here. We teach our kids to cook. We teach them to clean. We teach them our ABCs and one, two, threes. Maybe we teach them about money 50% of the time we don't, and you're left to figure it out on your own. But we hardly ever teach them about sex because we just tend to think of that as a very private adult conversation, and it's not because it's God's. And the first command he gave Adam and Eve were to be fruitful and multiply. And I just want you to know it needs to start now. And what Mary Flo would tell you, which is all my wisdom has come for 25 years down through her stuff. Um, She was sooner than you think, and now she's birds and bees. Oh, help me, please. It happens as a result of the constant conversation and the drip, drip, drip. Um, You know that your parents did a good job of educating you. And your ABCs and one, two, three is non-negotiable. This has got to be a non-negotiable. So... The ABCs in terms of sex starts with D, and that stands for daddy. That stands from from an unadulterated, undivided devotion to your husband. If you are having sex with your husband, if you are engaged in a healthy sex life within your marriage, that is going to trickle down. Not in that you talk about what goes on between you, but you're going to have a healthy attitude towards sex. And if you are devoted to their dad, and not just to them, and he's just the baby daddy and he's now just your partner in crime and parenting, they, that will trickle down and that will affect and impact their attitude towards sex later in life. Um, you want to dig into your history, why don't we talk about sex? And I'm just gonna give a brief little plug here for Regen and for all things like um, Courageous Hope all our ministries that if you have come out of an abusive situation, I was preyed upon by a coach in high school. I understand abuse. I understand being taken advantage of that affected and impacted my sex life a lot. And until I really dealt with those things, it was hard to talk about and it was hard to discuss. So you might be scared. You might've had no model of conversation about sex. And so you just have a, a blank slate and only, you only know what you know from the world. You may be ashamed because you've been abused or you had a very promiscuous past And so you really know that your ideation about sex was kind of off. And so you don't want to pass that down. So you do nothing. You might feel guilt about sexual immorality and how you have found way too much pleasure in this area of life. And so you just, you don't want to pass that on either. You want to kind of reel that back. There are just no excuses. You just haven't done it. You just are, it's awkward. It's hard. I know it'll come sometime. I'm just going to wait. And that the devil would have us do nothing. And we don't want to be those girls. So we want you to dig into your history. Become aware of where you're coming from sexually, uneducated, overeducated, somewhere in between. Discuss with your husband. Acknowledge it before him. I don't know how deep you've delved into your past with your husband. But I think it's a healthy conversation to have because you don't want those ghosts coming up later. And I know when John was able to hear my history and look at me in a loving way and accept me, I felt so relieved, you know, that I'm forgiven and accepted even for the mistakes that I've made. And I've watched him platform those mistakes, the Lord, over and over again. And then deliberate with community. All we're talking about today, go through in your small circles and your closest friends. You wanna be on the same page about how you talk about this. And materials from Birds and Bees, these talks, listen to them, discuss as a community group what your definitions are and how you, as the closest people who are going to be watching and pouring into your kids, how you want them to define and talk about sex in these words and their body parts and give them permission to partner with you so that it becomes a community effort. Now, we just had the marriage conference, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Way to go, those of you women who participated in it. It was so good. I encourage you to go and listen to those talks. I'm not going to dive far into the devote yourself to loving the dad well, but if you do, you will see major payoffs um, to taking care of him. And just be diligent to court and date your husband just as you're diligent to love and... um, raise your kids. So onto the ABCs and the panel, I'm sure has helped you flesh out a lot of the how to's and, and all the little, the nuances. Um, I'm sorry that they ended up going first. Cause I know you'll have more questions probably after this than before, but we're here. We're not going anywhere. And so you can talk to us hopefully in the days to come you want the A is you always want to be ready to answer. And if I would tell you one thing, put a smile on your, fa- your face when they ask you those awkward questions and be able to just look at them in the eye and go, I'm so glad you asked. A, it buys you time. And B, <laughs> the second question could be, now, what do you think about that? Because when you ask them what they think about it, you hear where the question is coming from and who has informed them. The A word that you would never do is appalled and like, oh. I can't believe you're asking about that, and especially right here in front of my whole play group. I'm so glad you asked. Don't shame them. They're curious. Their body is made by God every bit of it, and there's nothing to be ashamed of because he made it, and the devil and the enemy would have you be ashamed. You, you are given all authority in naming and claiming and helping them draw the parameter around themselves of I'm God's every part of me, and their gender matters, their differences matter, ask the question, I can remember the first time I saw a penis was when my cousin was taking a bath with my sister and I, and they were down for a visit. And I, my older brothers were too old for me to have ever seen that part of their anatomy. And I saw my cousins and I'm like, Aunt what is that? And she, I can still see she was just delighted to tell me he's a boy. David is a boy, and this is the way God made boys. And you're a girl, and you don't have a penis, and you don't have one of those. And I can't remember the exact vocabulary she used. Not a bit of shame, not a bit of hesitation. She had two boys and one girl. I'm sure that happened in her house all the time. But you want to be ready for those questions. You want to always answer and know that you have all authority. And also ask them questions. What do you think about that? And then you lead them and bait them into conversations that they don't, they, you know they need to have. They may not know they need to have. Have you ever wondered where this baby came from or how God made that baby in that mama's belly? Prompt the question and have the answers ready. And the bottom line is you have all authority in their life to answer it. And it's just not brain surgery. It's really simple. I'm so glad you asked. Um, The Bible says, everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. I will not be mastered by anything. God has made the body. You were bought at a price. Honor God with your body, and you want to define their bodies and define those realms of God's domain for them. The B is I want you, as a dictionary diva, to morning, noon, and night, breakfast, bath, bedtime, we used to call this, I think when Millie first started, I think she called it building blocks. You wanna give them the little building blocks. You're giving them, think of giving them a set of Legos that you drip into their life, that over time they'll build their castle, they'll build their, their self with, their self-esteem with, and their, all their ideas and notions. You are giving them little building blocks and you want to bring it up. Now, I have an order that's sitting at Walmart right now. That I had hoped to drop John off, get him checked in and be able to run by and pick up because I didn't think about this. We did this the last time I did this talk. I want each of you to go home and commit to me that part of Thanksgiving will be your collections of sponges. I want sponges in the bathtub. I want sponges by your sink. I want sponges in their play toys because their hearts are little sponges and cut those little hearts out. You can make it a little craft if you want to in the form of a heart because you are filling their hearts. Now, the truth about a sponge is, is if sponge is saturated, it is very hard to get anything else in there. And when we divorce our duty to define these domains for our children, then they are empty little sponges who will soak up whatever they're close to. And so I had a little set of sponges for each of your tables, but now I'll just cancel that order at Walmart and all those sponges will be free and you can go buy them. So... (laughs) Thankfully, Walmart pickup allows you to do that, and that's just a great thing. And if you don't know about it, figure it out, because it's saved our family hundreds of dollars for all the hundred things I don't buy when I go in there to get the two things I do intend to buy. But that's another talk as well. So be brief. As long as your child can hold your breath, that should be about the answer that you give. And that works for your husband, too. They are tiny little red wagons. They do not need to know... um, What to expect when you're expecting when they ask the simple question of how did the baby get here? If they can answer, if they can hold their breath, they're probably coming up with questions for you as you speak and just say, what do you think about that? So dribble a little stuff out there of what you think. Have your definitions ready. One of the things that Mary Flo taught us that was so helpful is for John and I to go and agree on our definition of what sex is. Sex is God's greatest gift inside the context of marriage. And it's just like fire. If you take it out of context, you're going to get burned. And have lots of, God has embedded around your house so many platforms and illustrations for teaching the fireplace. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It brings life. It can also bring death out of context. Don't let it loose, right? That's for marriage, and it's awesome. And so just keep it there right? Um, Have good resources around you. I encourage you to go online. I know Martha and the girls, Chrissy, have got a list of um, resources for you. Buy them. Keep them around your house spread out. Read books about themselves. Mary Flo has a set of books about them. Um, God Made Me is a series that is just perfectly beautiful and appropriate. Just have them around and read those books to your children. Don't shy away from that. Um, It is Anatomy 101. And then As they get older, Call the Midwife was an old series which really took you back to the days when nurses came to your home and helped you deliver your baby. I would watch a couple of episodes and then maybe have a couple in there that you feel like are appropriate so they can see it's just a God-given thing. It's a community thing. It's a family thing. And then I also encourage you to make a scrapbook of their birth of there from the time they, you know, you conceived and all that, and go over that regularly with them and give God all the credit and the glory for making that happen. If you're an adoptive parent, do that to the degree you feel comfortable, but let them know that this is God's deal, and he did that, and he fearfully and wonderfully made them. Do you guys remember VeggieTales? Is anybody in here a VeggieTales fan? If you're not, you need to be because they're just the best. So when Nebuchadnezzar in um, the bunny thing... Said Shaq, Rack, and Benny was telling him and singing all the songs about how great the bunny was, Junior Asparagus was able to look at him and go, look, there's a lot of things in that song that just ain't right. And if you're kids, if you're pouring the truth into them and he could hear that song that his mommy song sang, singing in his head, you know, I'll be with you, right? You impressing them. They say when a child grows up, especially a boy, that the inner voice that he hears is his mom's voice. Is that not funny? So you're really imprinting on them. And Woody Allen had a movie about that where his mom was kind of the voice up in the sky. You're too young for that, but go watch it. It's pretty funny. It was hysterical. To think about, you are imprinting on them and the recency effect is huge. What goes first in the sponge stays the longest. And the good news about a sponge, you can put it in the dishwasher, you can put it in the microwave and you can kill all the germs. And God's word will never come back void. And if you have screwed this up from the beginning, it's okay Because God can redeem anything we've done wrong and bring himself glory and honor out of it. So don't be afraid that if they catch you in the act, you've scarred them for life. I mean, be glad the fact that they know their mom and dad do have sex. I didn't know that until a very late age, and then it kind of weirded me out. I mean, it's okay for them to know. It's a great thing. So the C is celebrate conception, and that happens through cooking. So I am gonna encourage you, I'm talking to a room full of cooks, it looks like, get in the kitchen. Inside, every creature God made is the material to make another creature just like it. And seeds conceal, sown to reveal. Okay, so seeds conceal the wonder and majesty and mystery of God, and then their birth and they grow to reveal the goodness of God through creation. Nothing he gave us is by accident. Um, There are so many illustrations from scripture I can share with you, but seeds are your best friend. So start planting a little garden. Even if you kill them, you can replace the plants. They'll never know. Have seeds around. Every time you cut open an apple, every time you cut open, especially a pepper, I hold it up and in my house, they go, we know mom, we know. Inside every creature is the material to make another creature just like it. Doesn't make watermelon, doesn't make zucchini, it makes a pepper because men and women were designed to make men and women. And so just keep that close. And if you've got that truth embedded, it will never come back um, void. The um, creation is his classroom, and you are the expert here. So one of the most beautiful ways I heard Mary Flo share it is that, look, there, there are, there's an egg deep inside mommy, and there's a seed deep inside daddy. And God, in his creativity, allows that seed to find that egg, and he made you and just beautiful languages. There are all kinds of verses out there, and say it with a smile on your face. It's a mystery, but it's conception. Now, here's the coolest thing. It's your segue to the gospel, all right? Because what happens? There's a fertile soil in your heart, and the seed of God's truth gets planted there, and that procreative activity creates life from death And a faith is born. A spirit is brought alive and regenerated and made new. Everything we do physically has a spiritual truth. It's representing a physical reality, represents a spiritual truth. It's just so cool the way God does that. So it's really important you teach conception because that's the way it happens. You know, it doesn't happen independent. Fertilization is both procreation and recreation. The recreation, you can teach them about them later. Procreation, you teach about today. Cause God made us to reproduce and to um, fill and multiply. So you want to plant seeds, you want to pull weeds because the enemy will get in there with truth about what defines that and how that works and you've got to be really aware. So that's why when they ask you a question, they go, now, what do you think about that? And in that, you let them come and, um, and you kind of see what sources they're getting, they're getting to. So for your table discussion today, I want you to think about one thing that you will take away, okay? Okay. Um, what are the two most, the set two is you are the two most important teachers in your children's life. Don't outsource. Get together, have a conversation, or many, define your key definitions of what you want them to know and when, and then deliver. Deliver the goods. And know that God is with you, the third thing, to equip you. A strand of three cords is not easily broken. To equip you and help you, you are not alone. And so name, you know, you name your three to-dos walking out of here today. And so I want you to know that you are um, more than welcome to come and ask any of us anytime. I want you to talk about who taught you about sex and how can you change the narrative? How do you want to change and inform that narrative in your um, child's life? And um, know that we are super, super grateful that you're here and letting us be a part of that equation.